Talk, the home of where the talking is good. It's your boy, Cody, and the other guy, Robert, here once again for some good conversation. Tiny table, big room. Big room. Once again. Hello. You know what's crazy is like this isn't even the biggest room. It's not. It's just a, it is just a big room. It's just uh, I love our facility. <laughs> we are so blessed. It's amazing. I never get tired of it. Uh we change it to in the biggest room. In the biggest of rooms. <laughs> in the second largest room of this building. <laughs> but anyways, so yeah. How are you guys? They are good. Talk to us. Talk to us. Good. How's the comment section going? Good, 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 good. I, I am curious, though, for those the ones that are uh, listening, listeners. Uh, I, I'm I'm curious. Listeners. Is six a.m. like the appropriate drop time? Like, I, I highly doubt there's anyone waiting at six a.m. on Monday morning for our podcast. But like in my mind, it it makes sense to be there. So there's people like commuting to work. I think so. Or like on the it, way to school. It, they're on the way to school. Yeah. Like that—that's my hope—is that it's there before. Yeah. Somebody they have time. I just yeah. Didn't I don't know feel it. like we should change the drop time. Didn't Do you know feel like we should. Change I don't know. The is there—is there someone out there that's like, hey, we need it Sunday night, so it's already th- like maybe your commute's at four a.m. I don't know. Ew, ew. gosh, I'm, I will believe God for you to get a new job. That's the that's right, Caleb time. Radway. We're believing a good job. We new really job are. I've for been you, believing buddy. for a new job for you, my guy. Four, unless you like that four a.m. And then if you like that and that's your vibe, that's your jam. We're still gonna be after it, my guy. Yeah, I'm still gonna. It pains me that you got to get up that early. So whether you want to new job or not we're getting you a new job <laughs> that's happening that's a thing it's a oh, thing man. expectation bro i am just so i know we've been talking about this but i'm revved up today i like i'm excited about this. bro okay so like, i ugh. i told uh kyleen <clears throat> yesterday last night actually Whoa. and um there was just some even like we've been already feeling like something's different, but Sunday morning felt different. incredibly different. Mm. Like even when like I woke up, mm. like mm. I was just in a better mood. Like to even like it's amazing. Like to even just like say hello to people at church. Like it felt different. And then even on on <laughs> Monday, so like Sunday night, it felt different. Like on saturation, mm. and then like just Monday, even like being here and like I don't know, just something is different. <laughs> Things are happening. I know yes! we're also in the midst of like planning out our summer camp and which so is that- incredible we're planning summer camp well, i mean we got the facility last yeah, june yeah, yeah. just like where god's taking us man so far out it's amazing i love him naturally speaking it doesn't make sense it really does <laughs> it probably should not make sense and it probably shouldn't happen but and it looks so impossible it, it and yeah <laughs> but we are walking on water and that's what's How's awesome that song go I don't know. Is that the elevation one? Yeah, the walking I never on watched water. it. I never listened to it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I, probably, I probably should go. No, I haven't either. No, but, I mean, that, but that's what we're doing, dude. This life of faith walking is incredible. on water. And, and that's what's crazy, too, because in the moment, it was just kind of like, let's just do it. Like, we know we got to do a summer camp. Yeah, like, we knew it. Let's just go for we a summer it. camp. And, like, we're like, yeah, let's just go. Like, let's just, like, jump out of the boat. Just like, that sounds fun. Let's just jump out of the boat. Let's go. <laughs> and I think that's what God is wanting to do with us this year. Like, so, y'all listen up. Because... I don't know if we said this on a podcast or if we said it another time. I know I said it recently to someone. Okay, so someone out there, if it was you. You've heard this before. You've heard it before. Maybe it was at Bible school. Maybe it was school ministry. <laughs> but I said if God's plan for your life is something that you can do, then it's probably your plan and not God's plan. Yeah. If it's something you can do, then it's probably your plan and not God's plan. 
Because God's plan require us trusting in God. God's plan require us walking by faith, right? Which means we see it with the eyes of the Spirit, but we know it's bigger than us. Like we've been talking about Peter getting out of the boat. Mm-hmm. That's not something he was able to do within his own strength. That's not right. something he was a he, dude cannot walk on water. Right. If you don't know, that's impossible. You it's will sink. You will go underwater. Impossible. Yes, you. you <laughs> I've tried many times. Doesn't matter pools. how long you fast. You will still yes, go under. Yes, <laughs> that's right. But you know, and it's just something to be said. Now, not everything. You know, he, right. he will ask yeah, you to yeah. do. I was going to clarify. Have you clarify? Like, right, you, you because guys, like, I think they know. But they know. yeah, you know what I mean, though. Like even if he tells you to get up on stage and be a part of the worship team. It's it's still bigger than you. You got to rely on him, even if he's yeah. giving you that talent and that ability. To because be, even with that, more than likely when God asks you to do something, even if it's in your wheelhouse, it's probably at a time where it's not convenient mm. or it's probably at a time where yeah. maybe you don't want to. Right. There, there's probably more than likely, and I might not even probably, there will be opposition to what God has called you to do. Okay, so let me clean it up. If yeah. you can do it without believing God. There you go. That's probably the best way to say it. Then it's probably more your vision right. and less of his vision. Because if you don't need to believe God for it, then... Then, then the whole purpose yeah. is, the whole thing about this is to do life with God. I, that's I, was, I was like, I don't even know how to finish that sentence. So if you don't need God if you, and you're cutting him out of like, well, I can kind of do this without you, then he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> it's like that little, like, I don't know what animal that is, but I always think of that little meme of that weird cat ferret that's just like, what? It's like throwing up its I've hands. I've never like, seen a little cat what? meme with they throwing up his hands. What the oh. mess is that? So, so I want to encourage you as, because this is what I really know, and it seems like I know it more than ever. There's going to be some things this year that God's going to be like, I want you to do this, and you're just going to be like, whoa. Mm. How? How? When? How? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's like the circle of questions I go around. It's like, how? What? Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, okay. I've seen that one before. Uh, we'll put that up on the feed yeah, so you I just can imagine, see it. Like, I, that guy is a- I just imagine God being like, huh? <laughs> like, what? He thought, I, what? <laughs> wait, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm kind of in charge here. But I really, ooh, mm. if we can go in, I wonder how many Christians God's really actually in charge uh, <laughs> of their life. I, I think that there is... And I feel like I'm empowered to talk about this right now because I've made a major shift where I low-key have been running things, and I didn't realize I was running things. And then God was like, you've been running things. So, and so he arrested my heart and just pulled me over, wrote me a little spiritual ticket, <laughs> gave me a court date. <laughs> and a little warning, buddy. <laughs> it's like, you got 21 days to fix this. Come see me on your court date, and I'll let you know. That's you know what I mean? That's actually really good. That's really good. <laughs> And it's amazing though, but because it's, but what's so cool is not only is it funner because more you're fun. trusting a more fun, funner, whatever. Yeah. English. Words are hard. It's, hard. it's not like I talk for a living, but anyways, it's funner, but it's, it's more exciting, but at the same time, it's easier. Yeah. Okay. So I think there's two camps of Christians. Okay. Real. Well, okay. Ooh. <clears throat> Uh, uh, Tori, if yeah. you're watching, okay. are you going to talk about the bullseye? Well, I wasn't going to talk about the bullseye. She talked about it octane. Yeah, she did, and that was really good. It she, was good. She, there's like a three uh, ring circle type diagram uh, where she talks about how, like, you know, there's like the inner circle, <clears> and that's like your, your, your die hard people that are like all in on God. Right. And the bullseye. That, they're in it. And you want to be in the like, bullseye. Kind of have your outer middle circle which I almost wonder could be your lukewarm and also potentially this category. There's kind of a bleed over, I feel like, in this middle one because there's people that, 
they've accepted him as their savior, but they haven't surrendered their life to him. So I, I, I do believe that, that I, and I know, and, and I know, and there, there How is. How dogmatic do we want right, to be? Right, right. And, and I feel like that there are people in that camp that, that they, they believe that Jesus died for their sins and that they believed that, that he is their savior, but they're not ready to surrender their entire life to him. They're not ready to actually be a disciple, or they don't want to be a disciple. Hmm. They just want a savior. Hmm. And I don't know that that in and of itself is inherently wrong because I believe that God's will is for you to be saved, and that's what Jesus came to do. I believe that he also wants you to live this life with him because that's what you're intended to do. Anyway, I, I, that, that, that's what I'm thinking. That could, okay, be, okay, okay. that could be your middle circle. You have your people. I have a question, but go. Yeah, yeah, we can talk about it. We can talk about it. I think you have your middle circle. You have your people that are not fully connected or at least in the sense of like, they got hot enough to get on the dinner plate. You know what I mean? Like they, they got nuked enough just to be on the dinner yeah. plate with everybody else. Yeah. And then you have those people that are just completely outside of the church altogether. They don't want anything to do. Right. About it, don't care at all. Right. Um, I don't remember exactly Whew. what we what, what uh, Tori defined as the middle, but I feel like that could be. It was true discipleship. Yeah, and, and I think yeah, and honestly, that's what it is, is. Is you have these people that are in this middle circle that need to just kind of make a decision: Are you in or are you not? Mm. Are you with it or are you not? Um, you mean and, the outer circle, outside the bullseye? In the middle. In the right? middle. The, the, the lukewarm. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Not the direct center. There's right. a middle. Maybe we should draw a diagram. <laughs> the Man, bullseye. Here's the what bullseye. we're gonna do. We're gonna have Corey. Tori. Tori. We're gonna have Corey come in yeah. next. Uh, next. We Monday. are gonna bring her on the podcast this summer. <laughs> we already told plan. her Monday night. But the middle is the bullseye. That's yeah. true discipleship. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I, I think I got you guys all confused. That's the bullseye, yeah. and that's where we want to live. Discipleship, meaning when Jesus speaks, we act. Mm-hmm. Who are? What is that? Is that Pav? I don't know. Oh, yeah. I guess we should probably let you guys know. We got Pav downstairs. He's building something. There's some people outside throwing some stuff on the yard to make <laughs> yeah. it look good. So if you're extracurricular noises today, don't worry about it. It's fine. The bullseye is where we want to live. That's true discipleship. That means like you have decided to pick up your cross, follow him daily. He's your Lord. He's your Savior, which don't get me started on that because I think people separate that out, Lord and Savior, but I don't know that you can. I think he's all or nothing. Yeah, may, uh, I don't know. And it goes back to what I said a moment ago. How dogmatic do you want to be? Right, and that's where it gets tough. It it's like it, if, somebody it says, tough. if somebody says, I want to be saved, but I don't want to give my life up for Christ, I, there's an argument to be made. Well, are you really saved? Right. If there's no repentance and no turning away from some things, I don't know that anyone's really committed in their heart. Like, mm. you know, I think we have to be careful as a church that we don't give a false sense of salvation where a bunch of people think they're saved, but they're actually still going to hell. Could be. Because yeah. I don't want to do that. As a minister, yeah. I don't want that to be my I don't want that to be on my shoulders. I don't want people to leave one of our services or come out of the youth ministry and be like, I'm saved, but they're not saved at all. So I think we have to paint true salvation within the context and the light of God's word. And yeah. so I always go back to there will be fruit or meat that comes with your repentance. Sure. So there should be and I told the youth ministry this, when you get to the court of heaven, is there enough evidence that you are able to present to where they can accuse you of being guilty of being a disciple of Jesus Christ? And if there's not, I don't want to be there on that day when I don't have evidence to present. Do you believe that we have to be a disciple in order to be saved, though? I believe that we are called to be disciples. So I feel like we start, I don't know if this is the right way to say it, <laughs> but we start fudging on some yeah. of these words I don't, I, 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 you know me, you sure. know, I've been trying to get away from the terminology Christianity sure. for a while Absolutely. because even in the, the design and the 
creation of the word was more of a mocking term used right. by secular people original to ter- identify those following Christ. Right. The original, I guess, calling was followers of the way. Right. And even though in its definition it means Christ-like ones, mm-hmm. I still feel like you never see the word Christian in biblical text. It's always about disciples. Mm-hmm. And the definition of a disciple is one who obeys the commands of their teacher. Mm-hmm. So if we're called to be disciples and everything you see in the Bible describes us as disciples, but yet we don't obey the teachings of Christ, then I don't know that we are disciples, which I don't know that. Now, I don't follow the teachings perfect, right? perfectly. Sure. I've had my faults and my failures, but I'm continually trying to become better at mm-hmm. when he speaks, I obey. Yeah. I'm not arguing with God anymore. I'm not questioning God anymore. I'm. I'm I, he speaks... I obey, and yeah. it's like God tells me to do something, and I do it, and I always know he has my best interest at heart. And so I, I, I've just decided that I think, why would we run that risk? Mm-hmm. Why are we going to gamble with eternity? Right, yeah. Why would, I, why would I say, Jesus, be my Lord and my Savior? I, can, I profess you as my Savior. Uh, you know, I've asked for forgiveness of my sins. We do the Romans road to salvation. We believe in our heart. We confess with our mouth, Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior, and we are saved. And then they said that there's going to be some evidence that follows that confession. Sure. Right? Right. So why would I gamble with, okay, I prayed this prayer, but I don't have to change anything in my life. Right. Then I don't know if that there's any sincerity right. behind the prayer to begin right. with. And I think that in... I, I feel like probably what the issue is, is maybe it's like there are people that genuinely believe that they're saved and maybe they don't know how to surrender or maybe mm. they don't wa- maybe they don't want to surrender. And sure. And maybe there's certain levels of, of reality of like, OK, I have to come to terms with that. I have to surrender. Maybe there's people that don't realize that they do have to. Well, surrender. Well, that comes back to what I believe God is correcting right now. It's bad teaching in the body of Christ. And that's very, very possible. We <laughs> have not heard messages of sacrifice we have not heard messages of take your cross. We have not heard messages of there needs to be meat that goes with your repentance. We have yeah. not heard messages. Again, I'm reading through the New Testament, and I'm not saying that I'm perfect. I'm doing everything right. But you look at the teachings of the very first teaching that Jesus did was repent and turn from your sins. Yeah, It was the first thing he yeah. taught, yeah. first thing out of his yeah. mouth, repent and turn from your sins. And then almost all of his teachings are exclusively about the kingdom and repentance, mm-hmm. the kingdom and repentance, the right. kingdom and repentance, right. turn from your sin, turn yep. from your sin, the kingdom and repentance. That was Jesus's main message. Right. Right. And I just don't hear that from the pulpit a whole lot. Mm. I hear a lot more of he loves you no matter what. Yeah. True. Yeah. But that breeds in us. If he loves me no matter what, then my living doesn't matter to him. But scriptures clearly tells our living does matter to him. Yeah. And when I step back and look at the church, I don't see a lot of separation between church and world. And that tells me that us as preachers have failed of communicating the true gospel of Jesus Christ to the church. So they're living like the world lives. There's no separation. Too much world in the church, not enough church in the world. I like that. I mean, honestly. Well said. Well, because, uh, and that's something I've been that on. That goes for, for like, all of us. Yeah, goes for all of us. Exactly. That's something I've been trying to get on with you use <laughs> for, the, for the past <laughs> two to three weeks. <laughs> and I loved it so much because last week, Robert's son, Rob was like, hey, what did uh, what did Pastor Cody speak on last week? He goes, salt again. Yeah. Samuel was not thrilled. <laughs> I loved it so much, though. It was so great. Again. <laughs> again. <laughs> But, I mean, we are supposed to make the world, like, we are supposed to be the ones that influence the world. We are supposed to go to the world and make the world better, Mm. not the opposite where the world comes in and changes the church. And even with the account of Zacchaeus, Mm. it's like Jesus saw 
Mm. his creation, God's creation. He saw the value. He saw who he was. And when he went to his home, we don't know what happened in that house other than obviously something happened between Zacchaeus and Jesus. Right. We don't know the words. We don't know the, the, the actual exchange. timeline, the exchange. The <clears throat> verses don't say, and I think that that's wonderful because, I mean, you have no script to follow. You have There's, there's no plan or there's no step a b c and d get you to salvation or whatever you know god's going to lead you the way you're supposed to be led to do it that's what i believe but in his home it's like yes jesus did go and he dined with a sinner he went to the house of someone that was not a great guy not a good dude clearly uh looked down upon even the people around him were like why is he going to zacchaeus's home this is (laughs) clearly not the guy jesus the person that's claiming Mm -hmm. to be the son of god should not be in the home of this man because he doesn't realize how bad of a sinner he is but jesus says i have what this person needs right i have what this person needs why wouldn't i be in the home of the sinner and so when he had that conversation with jesus like you were saying there was a repentance that took place because immediately after zacchaeus said I will restore the things of the the, the fortunes of those that have stolen, yep. and then even more so, I'll even go four right. times over. Right, and and then Jesus said, "Salvation has, has surely come, come to, this, to home. this home." Yeah, has surely come to this home, and and I think that that is what Jesus is calling us unto salvation of Himself, and He is calling us to change. He is calling us to change. Yes. He He wants us to change because His way, the the change yes. that happens, is so much better. Right. And the way the kingdom system is so much better than the world system. And so what I see from that, like go into that exact scripture, what I see is most preachers will preach that Jesus went to the sinner's house. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm saying what I believe he wants to focus on is the sinner was changed. Mm. That is good. Because you don't hear about Zacchaeus's change. You don't hear about how he obviously had a change in heart and obviously had a coming to Jesus moment where he changed his ways because he no longer wanted to steal from people, but he wanted to right his wrongs. There was fruit that came with his repentance. From Mm -hmm. that engagement with Jesus, there was fruit that came with it. We see it again with the woman at the well who was caught in adultery. Go and sin no more. So what is that? That's a lifestyle change. Mm -hmm. That's what Jesus spoke to her. And I feel like they only, they, again, with the woman caught in adultery, they looked at the fact, look at Jesus didn't judge her. Jesus welcomed her and talked mm-hmm. to her. Everyone else was judging. He drew in the sand. And they focus on the goodness and the mercy and the grace of Jesus, which is absolutely true, and it's there. But they also overlook that Jesus always called us unto repentance. Mm-hmm. He called us unto repentance. Yeah, And it's kind of like, I feel like maybe we need to start focusing more on those parts of the story where he told her, go and sin no more. He told Zacchaeus was a changed man after that encounter. And that change was not just internal. It worked its way from the inside out. Mm. And we see that because of what he did. Yeah. There was obviously something that happened in that conversation that you were, that we're not privy to, but something happened where his heart changed. Yeah. And I no longer want to take advantage of people. Let me pay them back. And let me even dig into my own wealth to repay them above. Mm. So you can see that there was a heart change. But that heart change came with sacrifice. Yeah. Yeah. And, and He I didn't keep everything he had. Right. Yeah. He sacrificed it. Yeah. To make it right. To, yeah. to, to follow after whatever Jesus taught him in that moment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? And so I think it's like we want to serve Jesus, but we don't want to sacrifice anything to serve Jesus. Mm. And I don't think that that's the way the kingdom of God works. Right. That I, I, okay, I, I know that's not the way the kingdom of God works because that's not what text teaches us at all. Yeah, yeah. It always teaches there's a laying down of something. Mm-hmm. 
like what you said a couple weeks ago on the podcast, which I've been saying it, TM Robert, all the time, <laughs> is laying on the altar. Something has to die so something else can live. Yeah. He it. wants us to kill some things in our lives so that our lives are now proof mm-hmm. of this wonderful salvation. Yeah. And I've been of the persuasion if there's no proof of the salvation, then there is their salvation. Sure. Yeah. And so I know that sometimes people are like, well, you can't be that dogmatic with scripture. And I'm just saying, I, I think we can be. I think, yeah, I feel like it's like, why not go all in on it? Why, why not go all in on the one that did offer you salvation? Why not go all in on the one that did give you salvation? It's a good question. And, and, and I don't know that I can ever answer that for some people that, that, that have never really gone all in. <clears throat> I don't know. I know for me, it's like, why not go all in? And so I went all in. Right. <laughs> and I feel like there were different levels because there's obviously times where I didn't surrender everything right. to my life. But I still felt like I was saved. Yeah. I genuinely believe that I was yeah. saved. Um, I'm not just bl- I know I know I was saved, but I didn't surrender every area of my life. Yeah. I'm and, not blaming followers of Christ for the way that they're following Christ. I'm blaming the fivefold ministry gift mm. for the way that people are following Christ mm. because I believe they've gotten such a watered-down message for years that we are now living watered-down lives. Mm. And I feel like God is correcting that. I yeah. think he's bringing people back into an awe of a mighty God. And the way he does that is he has to first correct what's coming from his pulpit. Mm. It's not my pulpit. Yeah. It's not your pulpit. It's not Pastor Mark's pulpit. Any preacher that's listening, it's not your pulpit. Yeah. It's God's pulpit. Amen. And he's the one that wants to decide, and he's the one that has shown us through his word what's supposed to come through that pulpit. Mm-hmm. So if we're preaching anything other than that, you know what I mean? Yes, God is love. Amen. But on the other side of that, he is a God of judgment. Mm. And his, a rightful, he's a righteous judge, and he judges sin. And in order for him to be a good judge and a consistent judge, he must do that. Mm-hmm. He did that through the life of Jesus so we could be set free mm-hmm. from sin. Yeah. So why would he send Jesus to set us free from sin so we can receive Jesus and then continue to live in sin? That algorithm doesn't make sense it in doesn't. my mind. Yeah. And so there has to be a breaking away of some things, a separation of some things that the devil has designed to kill, steal, and destroy in our lives, that the devil has designed to keep us oppressed and keep us in poverty and keep us sick and keep us spiritually down and keep us mentally assaulted. There has to be a breaking away from those things. And that is where we see where discipleship comes in. Right. And I think that that's probably, I I guess like where, where I'm at is like, I know that there are people that are receiving their salvation, but not receiving the rest of their promise. Mm. They're not understanding the rest of the things that are available. And, and yep. I haven't gone back to listen to what your message was last week about the list and like the benefits yep. of following yeah, Jesus yeah. versus not following Jesus. And then it's almost like maybe that's what, <clears throat> like, there needs to be someone that, that mm. immediately says, okay, we're saved now. Now you no longer have to live the way you've been living. Right. And, and that's what you're saying. Maybe that's the problem is there's not enough people being like, okay, now that you're saved, yep. there's a whole bunch of other stuff in your life right. that can now be changed and you can repent from. Yes. And walk in a different direction so that way you can fully mm. follow after God and then fully produce the full fruit yeah. that God wants yep. for your life. There might be a little salvation apple. It's mm. <laughs> an interesting sound effect. The, yeah, all of it. <laughs> <laughs> One apple or a grape. I don't, I don't know. But mm. but God <laughs> but God desires more. Yep. God 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 wants more for mm. you. And God God is is asking more of you and 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 I I feel like there's no reason to not 
desire that. There's no reason to not long for that. I mean, if you felt like your life was in need of a Savior, at least for your eternal being, why don't you need a life that requires a Savior in other areas of your life? You know what I mean? Like, 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 you should recognize that if your eternal destiny needed saving, you need to be rescued in other areas of your life as well. I, this as you're talking, this scripture just kind of comes up to me, and we might go read Second Thessalonians five twenty three. I read it Sunday night, but God talks about how He wants to minister to our whole being, our mm-hmm. spirit, soul, and body, and in doing so, there's going to be a separation, mm-hmm. right? That God Himself will separate you wholly from vulgar and profane things. So even in that scripture, we're supposed to see a separation in the life of the believer not just in their spirit, but their mind, their mm-hmm. will, and their emotions, and their body, yeah. our whole being, right? But how does this happen? In Second Peter 1, 3, he says, For his divine power has been bestowed upon us all things that are requisite and suited to life and godliness through the full personal knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence of virtue. And so it's like, to me... This divine power has suited us to this life of godliness. Mm. And so we, we've encountered this divine power, and the reason we encountered this divine power was, number one, for salvation. But Jesus didn't die just to save us. Mm-hmm. One of the main reasons he dies was so we can enter into this relationship with God. Yeah. Right, he. Mm-hmm. The Bible talks about how he rent that veil in yep. two. He tore that veil of separation. No more separation. Exactly. And so, yes, he died to save you, and that was his primary objective. Yep. But he's saying there's more mm-hmm. to this salvation yep. than just being saved. Yep. And I'm going to pour out this divine power on you. And I think that is the problem: is people focus so much on we gotta get them saved, we gotta get them saved, right. we gotta get them saved, right. we gotta get them saved. And while yes, that's important, people need to be saved. There's so much more that they're missing out. So much more. And it's about entering into that relationship. What we know, and I talked about this a little bit on last Wednesday, is relationships, all relationships require a form of sacrifice, mm-hmm. right? Whether you're just hanging out with your friends, you're not always going to do everything exactly that you want to do. Sometimes maybe they want to go do this and you want to do that. But yeah, you compromise. You're like, all right, we'll go do that. If you're married, you understand that it's a relationship of sacrifice, right? It's not always about you. It's not always about them. If you're a parent, mm. It's a relationship of sacrifice. So we, if, if you're an employee, yeah. sacrifices. I have to be at work at this time. I have to wear these clothes. I have to do this. I have to do that. I have to check my... It's Every relationship we have is a relationship of sacrifices. And some relationships require more sacrifices than others. Mm-hmm. The, the sacrifices you make to hang out with your boys are less sacrifices than maybe the sacrifice you make to hang out with your spouse. Right? Yeah. Or maybe the sacrifice you make to hang out with your spouse is a lesser of a sacrifice than the sacrifice you make to be a good parent. Mm. So it's like each relationship we have requires a level of sacrifice yeah, to yeah. be in that relationship. Right. You know what I mean? We're coworkers. We mm-hmm. work together. We're co-ministers. We minister together. We don't live with each other, That's and true. we don't see each <laughs> other a whole lot outside of work. So the sacrifices in this relationship are minimal. Yeah. And the sacrifices of this relationship are defined mostly by our conduct here at work. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Which is our life. Which but, is our which is our life. <laughs> Might as well be here all the time. But <laughs> but. I do feel this, the greater the relationship with the greater benefits also comes with the greater sacrifices. Mm. And there is an absorbent amount 
of rewards that come from following Jesus yeah. and being a disciple of Jesus. And yeah. he even says that I am a rewarder of those who diligently seek me. Yeah. What are those rewards? Well, I see we, we see them all through the scripture. I think one of them is what we see in Second Thessalonians 5.23. There's a separate that he's concerned about my whole being, my soul, my mind, my will, emotions. He's concerned about my body and my spiritual well-being. But in order for that to happen, there must be a separation mm-hmm. of vulgar, profane, yeah. secular things so that way I, he can wholly take care of me. Yeah. So the sacrifice of leaving those things behind so my creator can wholly take care of me is a greater sacrifice, but then him taking care of me is the greater benefit. Mm. And so every relationship has sacrifices in order for that relationship to work. And the more valuable the relationship, I believe the greater sacrifice. Mm. My wife and I, I, I cherish that relationship. It's one of the outside of Jesus. It's the greatest relationship I have. So I'm willing to make any sacrifice to make that thing work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I cherish it and I value it and the benefits it provides me and my family are vast and wonderful and beautiful. So I'm willing to make any sacrifice to maintain that relationship. Mm. And I think we need to let that be our mentality when it comes to being a disciple of Jesus. I'm willing to make any sacrifice to maintain this relationship <laughs> because, and I think this is why a lot of believers get frustrated. We hear about the promises that are yes and amen. But we either haven't been taught about what sacrifices we need to make or we just refuse to make those sacrifices so we never see those promises working in our lives and that breeds frustration, Hmm. right? But God is saying, if you'll just lay it on the altar and let me wholly take care of you, not H-O-L-Y, but holy, W-H-O-L-L-Y, holy, your whole being. Let okay, me, I was like, hold on. I thought, I thought you were spelling whole for a second and you said holy. I was like, that's not how you spell whole. <laughs> let me take care of yeah, your yeah. whole being. Yeah. You know what I mean? And even in Psalm 63, verse 5, we see this, that God wants to take care of our whole being. And then three verses later in verse 8, it says, by following hard after me. Mm. So yeah. that, that, that means don't even, you're, don't go soft with this. Go hard after yeah. God. Yeah. Pursue this. Yeah. Make him your objective. Yeah. Matthew 6, 33, seek ye first. And, and after you go after this, now God can minister to your whole being, yeah. your mind, your will, your emotions, your body. And we need help in our bodies. Yeah. Because our flesh craves what the flesh craves. Even the Apostle Paul talked about that. What's the cure for that? Well, he said that. He said, I'm a miserable man. I crave, want, I want to do good, but I do what is bad. I crave to do what is right, but I do what is wrong. What is the hope for this miserable man? Only Christ. Mm. So he's saying, once I commit to this relationship with Christ, he's going to help me not be a miserable person. Yeah. Right? Right. And I think that's what it is. is it, it, there needs to be, are we going to commit to this? Yes. Is this really, is this actually going to be what I pursue and and i think that in some ways it's like that's good you need to have that conversation with yourself like Mm. even when it comes to like dating a a, a woman that might end up one day becoming your spouse at some point you have to say like am i willing to sacrifice for this person Mm. am i willing to commit to this am i willing to give over my entire self to this person Mm. and god is I don't even want to try to relate God to like a human like relationship, but at the same time, like it's similar to that. There are similarities. There sure. are similarities. We have to make the decision. Are we actually going to commit and pursue this relationship with God more so than just salvation? Like actually, yeah, 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 yeah. actually going to, cause I, Tim Ross, love the guy. Love you, buddy. You're I welcome to too. come on the podcast anytime Bro, you want. You have an would, open invitation. I would be wrecked. <laughs> 
if he, I would be a useless person. If that, Tim I know Ross the, the came problem. Under. I would be in such awe, and I would just be like, say things. The problem would be is like we'd probably <laughs> you, sit here talk. for like four hours, and he'd, he'd speak for like three hours. And that's that'd be he fine. Would, he would come onto our podcast, and he would do the podcast, and I guarantee you, he'd leave the podcast and be like, I could have done that at my house. Probably, yeah, yeah. Because like, I could have sent you guys a video. I just if talked you wanted. the whole time, and you kids said nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, I, I just have nothing to add to that man. He is fantastic, and I. I, I low-key, I don't want to say adore, but he is wonderful. He's I, awesome. I think he's incredible. <clears throat> but one of the Keep things he, you, But one of the things he said uh, when he first really started going rolling with his podcast is he's like, i got great news for you. You don't have to change in order to be saved by Jesus. However. Right. Now I got some bad news. He's like, now I got some bad news. Yep. Now that you're saved. Yep. Yep. I'm calling you to change. Yep. And that's the thing. Thank you, Tim. That's the thing. We need to hear that from the pulpit more. Mm-hmm. We need to hear that from pastors. He, what's so good is he, I was listening to one of his recent ones with Lecrae, and he was talking about, he's like, people don't want to go to my church. Mm. He's like, because he's like, I'll tear you up. Mm. He's like, I'll pull out the word and tell you exactly what you need to do with your life. And he's like, people don't want to come to my, they didn't want to come to my church because right. they didn't want to change. He's not wrong. And he's like, if you don't want to change, he's like, don't come to my church. Right. And I've been on that for so long and I go in on celebrity preachers and I'm sorry if I do. It's easy for me to go in on because I'm not one, <laughs> I guess. But, you know, we've got to start, stop watering down the gospel. Mm. See, the, we don't bring the gospel down to our level of living. Our level of living is supposed to come up to the gospel. Yeah, yeah. And for so long, I've seen it this way. Mm. People are here, and so we as ministers say, okay, let me come down here where you are with the word and just show you how you can live here. Yeah. Jesus didn't teach people how to live here. Mm-hmm. He said, come up here. Yeah. Even, he spoke about kingdom. He spoke about kingdom. <laughs> Even with the disciples when he was in the garden praying yeah. and he came out, he didn't just let them chill there. He was like, get up and pray. Pray with me. Come up to my level. I'm here praying. Get up and come to my level. You know what I mean? And pray with me. Even when on the storms Mm -hmm. in the boat, after he calmed it, he rebuked them. You have little faith. faith. Get up on my, how long do I have to be with you before you change? How long do I have to tell you about these things before you start living at this level? You know, and I feel like he's died. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like it. He died. I know it. So we could live at this level. Mm. And in my life, I repented, like, sorry, I've been living down here. Let me come up. Mm. Let me, let me, like you said, let's, let's kill these things and let's make the God thing stronger. Let's get up here with yeah. my character. Let's get up here with my decisions. Yeah. Let's get up here with my prayer life. Let's get up here with my Bible time and my meditation and seeking after him. Let me get up here in the clouds with mm-hmm. God. Yeah. And it's in that place that all this other nonsense is taken care of. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. You've been called to be set apart. Yeah, that's you, you, so true. And you're not called to be mixed in. You're called to be set yes, apart. You yes, need yes, to be, yes. It, it, I think that if, if people look at your life and they don't recognize something different, then I think that's where we have to understand or recognize, okay, I've been mixing some stuff in my life. Right. There's not something that's distinguishedly different about my life than my next door neighbor who is... Doesn't know Jesus at doesn't all. Doesn't know Jesus at all. Knee deep in the world because that's all they know. And that's what's that's what's crazy. Even in John eight, and and I don't know why I never like. Again, we talked about it last week all the time. The words hit different when they when they want to hit different. I guess I don't know. But <laughs> no, they but, hit different when we seek them different. Yeah. Okay. So John eight, it, John eight twelve, it talks about how you know you now have the light of the world because I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world because now whatever I'll read it. 
Why even bother trying to quote if I'm going to jack it up? But <clears> while you're looking good. at that, you know, one of the most devastating things, this was like five, six, seven years ago, a long time ago, when we're in a different building than when we're in now. One of the teenagers came to me and they said, I see all these people that go to church, but I don't see how they look any different than people mm. that don't go to church. Mm. Like all the kids at our high school that don't know Jesus and don't go to church are just as good or just as bad as the kids that do go to church. So basically they're saying there is zero separation between a student that's on Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights worshiping God with their hands lifted, crying out from their heart every single service. I see no separation from that student at school than the worst of the worst at school. And that's like, okay, then things are wrong. Yeah. Then something needs to be fixed. Yeah. And that starts with us as youth pastors mm-hmm. communicating the yeah. sacrifice right. that has to be made to follow Jesus. Yeah. And what's cool about it is what we just read in Peter, you are divinely empowered to make this sacrifice. You don't have to do it in your own ability. You don't have to do it in your own strength. You're divinely empowered. What does that mean? God has empowered you to make these sacrifices because he ultimately knows what is best for you. And he's not asking you to make these sacrifices because he wants to hurt you or take anything out of your life. He wants you to make these sacrifices because he absolutely wants what is best for you. And he knows every single outcome. He knows every single decision that you're going to make and where it's going to lead you. And he's saying, this is the way that's going to profit you the most. This is the way that's going to help you the most. This is the way that's going to be the biggest blessing to you, your family, and everybody around you. Just follow this way, his way. And when we do that, you know, it's going to, there's going to be some separation. We're going to look different, mm-hmm. and that's the way we're supposed to look. Yeah. So going back just a second, over here in John 8, 12, it says, Jesus spoke to the people once more. I'm reading out the NLT. It says, I am the light of the world. Mm. If you follow me, yep. you won't have yeah. to walk in darkness. That's right. Because you will have Love the, the light that leads to life. And I don't know why. It says you won't have to walk in darkness. Mm. Meaning. You won't have to. People that don't have the light of the world people that don't know jesus they don't really have an option they don't have a choice they're they enslaved to sin they don't know yep they they don't know they, they've never understood they don't, they don't have that revelation knowledge of who jesus is and what he can be for them so they do walk in darkness therefore sin is their master and us jesus is not their master as our as as believers why are we walking in darkness if we don't have to we have a new master now Sin is not my master. You won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. And Mm. there are people that that go to sources of darkness thinking it will lead to life. Mm. And and, and there are ways that this world and and society tries to make those wells of darkness seem attractive. Right. And they seem on paper like, yeah, that makes sense. Of right. course, if I put all this money in that RIA, I'll be IRA, I'll be fine for the rest of my life. I don't have to worry for anything. But really, we now have the light that actually leads to life. The, the light that actually leads to, leads to security, that actually yeah. leads to fulfillment. So that is what we do need to follow after. That that is the light that as a believer, we don't want to mix in with this other false light <laughs> we don't want to mix in with this 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 false sense of of hope this false sense right. of fulfillment this false sense of satisfaction satisfaction because now we have what actually is real what actually is good and what actually is great but if we stay in this dark place if, if we stay in that dark place people will understand and recognize that we do have the answer and that right. we, we're actually genuinely following after that light and, and i think that's a problem is that we have to get back to believers following after the light and not just following after light, but leading people to that light. 
And coming to Jesus is so much more than just an eternal destination change. Mm. It's not just a changing of my eternal destination, but it's a changing of my whole life. Mm. It's a complete changing of the script of the life that I'm living. I'm translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. I leave sin and death, and I'm translated to spirit and life. That spirit and life begins the moment I receive him as Lord and Savior. That life is not waiting until I get to heaven. Yeah. That's eternal life. Yes, that's for all of eternity. But Zoe, the God kind and quality of life, I can have that right now. Amen. But in order to have the God kind and quality of life, I've got to completely remove myself from sin and death. Yeah. You can't. God kind and quality of life, sin and death. Yeah. And so you can be eternally translated into this kingdom of light, but still physically living in this kingdom of darkness. And that means you're not going to have the Zoe. Yeah. Jesus came to give life and to give it in its abundance. Right. Not just eternally, but here and now. Mm-hmm. So his people would be well provided for. Yeah. That the curse over their life may be broken. Yeah. Right? Not the curse of the fall, the curse of the law. Broken mm. over their life. No more. And that's one of the reasons he died on that tree. And so, in, and I really love that because even in Luke, when Jesus is talking to the disciples and he's like, you know, you got to give up everything to follow after me. And Peter's like, we did give up everything to follow after you. It's about the young, rich ruler, and they're having this kind of uh, discussion of who's going to make the kingdom of heaven, who's not going to make this kingdom of heaven. But then Jesus said something interesting to his disciples. He said, listen, everyone who gives up something for me now will be paid many times over in this life. <laughs> so Jesus doesn't just push the good life off into heaven. Yeah. He says you're going to have it now. Yeah. Right? And so I feel like this is what I feel like God is saying. Don't miss out on what God has for you right now. Because you're not fully committed. Mm. And I know that that sounds harsh. It's not meant to be. It's, it's, it's hopefully it's a, he had to awaken me. Mm-hmm. He had to awaken me to where I was like, because even like someone in a pastoral position who works for a church, you can be here, but still your commitment, you're just going through the motions. Sure, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're not living in sin and we're not doing this, and we're not doing that, but is not pursuing him the way I'm supposed to pursue him. Is that not a sin? You know what I mean? And so it's like, okay, he had to awaken me to, I've called you to make some sacrifices because I need you to make a difference in this world. And right now you're not making those sacrifices. So step it up. Mm. Right? Yeah. And I believe this life of sacrifice, it never stops. Yeah. But there's good news. Mm -hmm. He'll repay me many times over for it in this life with peace, taking care of my family, taking care of my mental well-being, ministering to my body, ministering to my soul. He, I would rather the creator of the universe wholly take care of Robert than Robert taking care of Robert. Yeah. Because it's going to be much better when he does it. Yeah. I just have to allow him to do it. And I allow him to do it by, I'm just hugging myself right now. Yeah, so this is a great embrace. Okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> I just, ha- I allow him to do that yeah. by sacrifice. And, and I'll say one more thing, kick it back over to you. What you said about like a guy dating a girl and that sacrifice, you, you're making a decision. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm not going to date any other ladies. Yeah. I'm not going to lustfully look at any other. You're, you're making some sacrifices. Any mixture in this relationship. Yeah, you're <laughs> making some sacrifices because you want the benefits of yeah. being in that singular right. relationship. So don't let Jesus be your part-time lover. <laughs> oh, man, that's really good. Don't, when you, when you, okay, I'm going to be in this relationship. I'm going to make some sacrifices to singularly be in this relationship. That's really good. And there's no sneaking out at night. Mm-hmm. To go over here and sin and death. There's no sneak. I'm, I'm, I mean, I've, I've made my commitment. Spirit and life. That's really good. 
because I, I want the Zoe. I don't want to push it down. I want it now. I want Zoe in my family. I want Zoe in my, my business. <laughs> I want the God kind and quality of life everywhere. Amen. Right? But I got to make a decision. I'm committed to this. Mm-hmm. He's the bridegroom and I'm the bride. Yeah. And we're in a marriage. And we've got a covenant with each other. And that covenant's powerful. And so I'm going to grab onto that just like he grabbed onto me and I'm not letting go. And God loves us so much and cares about us so much that he sent his one and only begotten son to die for us that we could have this Zoe. Yeah. It just requires the same commitment he displayed. Mm-hmm. We now get to display that. Yep. I'll give you everything. Mm-hmm. Just as you gave me everything, I will give you everything. And that's really when this relationship begins to flourish. And that's really when this relationship begins to thrive and the kingdom of heaven really begins to start to work in our lives. Mm. You know what I mean? And like we talked about so many weeks ago on the podcast, now we don't have to worry about this stuff Mm -hmm. because my creator's taking care of me. I don't worry about food and clothing and provision. God's taking care of it. Mm. You know what I mean? Whatever that looks like, you're in control. You know, I'm just yielded and submitted and committed to this relationship. I think that's something that that is happening, uh, stirring within the body of Christ is the more authenticity, more genuine, mm, more people that are actually that. Yes. very real in uh, this pursuit <clears throat> of Him. You know, not claim that they're perfect by any means, but but uh, more so being like, look, I don't have it all right. I'm I, yeah. I do mess up. You know, relatively regularly. It's not habitual in that sense, but I know that like. God's way over my way is the best way, and so when I do mess up, I know I need to go to Him and get correction right and go get back on uh, on path with Him. And, and and we we believe that like revival is is about to happen, or maybe it's already happening. It's already happening. It's already started. It's here, bro. It's stirring. Uh, there there there's something shifting in the atmosphere here at this church, and I believe at the Capital C Church. Like I said, like there's a there's something stirring within the body of Christ, and there there's going to become a time where kind of like what Tori brought out with this three uh, ring bullseye circle bullseye. deal where, where we've got to make a decision. Mm. Yeah. Are we going to yeah, be, yeah. are we going to be a part of the revival or are we going to watch it from afar? Or are we going to miss out on all together? Yeah. I, I want to be a part of what's God. Doing. <clears throat> That's right. I, I want to be a part of what God's doing in my life and helping others receive it as well. Um, so I know for me, I'm going to get as close as that bullseye as I can possibly That's get. That's exactly right. <laughs> I want to read this definition of revival. It means an improvement in the condition or strength of something. Mm. And that sums up this whole conversation we had today. Yeah. He's wanting to improve the condition of your relationship with him. He's wanting to improve the strength of your faith in him. He's wanting to just work on all. He's wanting to revive it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. For the longest time, I thought revival is like, to bring something alive, mm. to make it alive again. And that may be one of the definitions sure. in here because they always listen. But the first one that pops up is an improvement in the condition. And so it's like at the beginning of the year, he wasn't, and maybe this is what he's saying to you. It's not that our relationship with him is bad. Mm-hmm. He just wants it to be better. Yeah, He wants to improve it and he wants to strengthen it. How does he do that? Through revival. Yeah, <laughs> You know what I mean? And so I can say this about me, and I'm sure it's true about you, we are not perfect. But one thing I can say is I'm committed to this. Mm. I am committed. And since I'm committed, it's opened me up to, okay, God, show me my imperfections so we can work on those together. Yeah. You know, and then I'm committed to work on that, whatever it is, because I want to improve this and I want to strengthen this. And so in in sense, revive me. Mm. Bring revival. I want revival. We've been saying it, revival or bust. You know what I mean? And... One thing I talked to the students about two weeks ago is I said the kingdom of God has a problem that no other kingdom has is the kingdom of God lacks 
severe allegiance to the king. Like, we will leave that allegiance in a moment. Yeah. We leave allegiance to him for weed. We leave allegiance to him for pornography. We leave allegiance to him for whatever. I mean, the list goes on, right? What day is it? <laughs> what day is it? But I think what he's doing in the in in me and what he's stirring is allegiance to my king, mm-hmm. no matter what the flesh wants. Allegiance to my king, no matter what the mind wants. Allegiance to the king, no matter what my will wants. Allegiance to the king, no matter what my soul wants. Don't let me be like Jeremiah three twenty three, where it says, "No other country, no other nation does this. No other nation." I love what he said. No other nation leaves their gods, and they don't even have the real god. <laughs> But you, yeah. O Israel, will leave your God in a moment. And he says, you'll leave the well of living water to go dig your own wells that won't even hold water. <laughs> I mean, he just went in on them, right? <laughs> and then he's so basically, you have no allegiance to me. Yeah. And because you have no allegiance to me, your lives aren't even holding water. You're not holding all this goodness that I have for you. Come back to the well. And so that's just where I want to live from this moment forward. Yeah. Complete, complete allegiance to the King of Kings. Mm. Com- complete allegiance. Revive me. And my allegiance to you allows me to be revived. This relationship can be strengthened. This relationship can be, it can become better. And I'm always wanting to make it better. Mm. And so if that means I got to leave something, Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Whatever that may be. You know what I mean? I feel uh, like let's do it. Let's do it, man. Yes, let's dude. get on this adventure with God. It is yes. so good. I feel like God is calling us all to say, hey, whatever you want me to surrender, I want to surrender it. That's that's what God wants us to be. We, we need to get to that place where we're saying, God, I'm surrendering it all to you. <clears throat> I'm not just surrendering my, my, etern- my, my eternity to you. I want to surrender this life yes, to you. Yes, yes, yes. So I good. I want to surrender my that's whole so good. being... My, my spiritual and my physical, it's all for you. Yeah. And that is how we get to be more of that, that mm. bullseye ring that almost doesn't even right look there. like a ring because right it's there. just right up on the bullseye. Like, like I want to be so up close to God that you probably don't even see me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, right. I, I, just, I just get lost behind him because like, I just get tucked away in the background. Amen. And then that's our, that's our goal. Right. Like we, we come into a Wednesday night to minister and the students don't even see us. Yeah. I just want them to see Jesus. Yeah. I just want them to see the presence of God. I just want the Holy Spirit to move and do his yeah. thing. You know, well, how do we do that? This sacrifice. Yeah. You Taste know? and see that the Lord is good. Right now. Right now. God, God just wants us to he, he said, just try. Mm. Trust me with, with areas of your life and see that I'm good. And then once you, like, it's, it's going to be easy to yeah, surrender yeah, yeah. all of it to him. Once you start surrendering little by little, yeah, it'll be easier to give it all. Yeah. Because you'll see he's good. Right. And you'll begin to trust him with your whole being. God wants your whole being. Yep. God wants to take care of your whole being. Yep. Trust him with your whole being today. Amen. Amen. Do it. Love you guys so much. We really do. We want the best for you. God wants the best for you. Amen. Go after it. You are blessed. Go be a blessing to other people. Do it. Be a light. Pew. That way people don't have to walk in darkness anymore. Amen. Love you guys. See you on the next one. <gasps> Bye. <laughs> Run! Run!